0: What's up, guys? You're about to listen to episode 37, part 2, the second half of the Roger Kaneda story. Hopefully, you guys have tuned into part 1 to give yourself a little bit of context of where we're at at this point when we jump into the conversation here in a second. Uh, The second half of this conversation is really focused on Roger's experiences and role with the Dallas Mavericks as part of their NBA 2K team. He was the general manager for the Dallas Mavs. This takes place prior to season one starting so he was there at the very beginning uh he played some really key roles with the dallas mavericks built some great relationships uh and then that later takes him on to some other endeavors and to his current role where he's at right now so with that being said just a little bit of context before we hop into it but hope you guys enjoy it this is the lodges podcast up next
1: Yeah, I mean everything going on right now is crazy, which that's a whole other topic of its own. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so back to so we, I started at the Mavs, right? And, uh, right. They pro, um they ended up providing me one of the one uh, part of my deal was they provide housing, um, which is not no longer normal. But in esports, it's very normal for people to provide housing. I don't know if people know this or not. Getting providing housing gaming was actually very common kind of still is not as much anymore. Cause you get paid the g- uh, normal amounts these days to mm-hmm. be able to justify that. But it wasn't about pay back then. It was just, I negotiated that. I was so used to it and it made sense. Um, especially right. wanting to keep six players that never been together. You never know what's going to happen. You just want to keep things under control. So I remember I got to the Mavs and you know, mind you. So we do the, we go to New York, we launch. I remember that was the day I announced that I accepted the job right there in New York too. Um, made that announcement that went that went on, on socials and stuff like that. And that was really cool to see all the praise and how many people like out of nowhere just started reaching out to me and and all this stuff. And that's just the Mark Cuban slash Dallas Iris effect, man. People wanting yeah. to pitch pitch things. I'm like, bro, I just started here and you're asking me to pitch like what? It was just right. so crazy. It was just so crazy and how fast I blew up and stuff like that. It was just insane man. So that was an experience of its own because I was I experienced like growth because of the flamingos and what we're doing there and the fan base we have. But you know, after joining the Mavs, it was a different type of you know like of like people like to call it now clout, right? Um, right, is the right. word. Um, so so yeah. No, I wanted I to ask
0: was... you. Hold on, on. On that note, I had a question for you because I mean I have to imagine, right? You're I know you're already an NBA guy and and I know you talked you know touched lightly and if you anyone that follows him on Twitter, I see you tweeting about the Heat all the time. So how excited were you, I mean, to go, you know, not, not only are you getting in the 2K League, but you're going to an organization like the Dallas Mavs where you have an owner like Mark Cuban that's like, you know, as passionate as an owner for their team can be and is like about it. How, like, I guess, exciting was that for you to, one, get into the 2K League? I know you were going through all these interviews. You finally land in it. And then on top of that, you get to go to an organization like the Mavs that has an owner like Mark. Yeah. I mean, like, how, how were you, like, processing that in the midst yeah. of that? I know you had a lot of things going on. No,
1: for sure. It changed my life, man. I mean, instantly when I got the job, I remember I cried. Because um, there was, like, so much grind from the eSports side. Like, there was a point, like, before Miami Flamingos, I was living on my couch. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't certain what was going to happen. Uh, right. um, so, it was just a grind because, you know, I I took a lot of risks and stuff like that. So, it was a huge relief and – a uh, surreal experience one just get get working in the MBA. You know, exactly. that was that yeah. was just Yeah, it was a lot to process, man. Um I bet. <laughs> um like I said, I, I cried like a kid like a baby or when, when I even told Roddy like, yo, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> and mind you I'm at a casino so I stepped outside and stuff like that. So <laughs> it was just That's it was just a lot of it was just a lot of emotions, man. So um right. Um but no it was it was it was amazing man one thing I will say is when things like that happen, it's hard to really appreciate them as much as you would maybe later down the road. And I would tell that to anybody that listens to this is take, appreciate everything you have when you're doing it and take advantage of that. Not saying I didn't do that. I'm just, it's just something mm-hmm. I learned now when I look back on it. because you'll, you learn the story too. You know, There not that there's regret, but there's always, you know, you talk about how, you know, this was a dream job and stuff. And, you know, um, when you're not there anymore, you always look back on you know what could have been and you know what an experience that was and how great it really was. You know what I mean? Um, right. Because working in the NBA is just a different experience, man. And mind you, you know talking about being a Heat fan. Mind you, I'm going to our one of our rivals here. These guys beat us yeah. and broke my heart. Uh, Two thousand six, man. And it was I hated, rough. It, and I or no, hate, 2010. You know, about, what are you about. talking about? 2006. 2006 we beat them, six, was, six was six was <laughs> I was on the beach celebrating our championship in 2006. We Let's, beat them at their house, but 2010,
0: um, we should have never
1: 2010. Lost. That was, I mean, listen, man, Dirk beat so many people that year. That is one he thing did. I will give that man credit is he dominated so many great players that year to get to where he did Um how we lost. though, I would never understand it, but yeah, we lost man in that. And I hated the Mavs. Um, for that I always hated Jason Terry because of 06, too, so that always stayed with me. Um that but, I just yeah i, I, I I've so there's a funny story. A so there's a funny story about that too. So um the Mavs have different conference rooms with names. And the main okay. conference room is called the champions room. Okay. This whole room is literally pictures, newspapers, frames of oh, them no. beating us.
0: No. no. So
1: every day almost I'm in there and that Meetings were well, looking at them 2010 <laughs> celebrating their great championships. Uh, so that was always a little, uh, little dagger to the heart every day. Uh, I- I was say, that's a
0: dagger to the heart every day walking in there,
1: but no, man. I, I became a huge man's fan, support him till this day. Uh, Dennis yeah. Smith Jr. is when I was there when they drafted him, DSJ. Good okay. dude. I didn't get to promote this because, um. One of the things we couldn't do was collaborate or promote NBA players. It was part Mm -hmm. of like the NBA players union that we would have to pay them or something like that. We had DSJ come to the office and and, – so we hired – so one of the things I did, the first things I did was hire a head coach. Um, It was between you, Famous Enough, who's the heat check gaming guy now, and um, Jonah Edwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And Jonah Edwards. Um, The reason Jonah Edwards was even in the picture, I didn't know Jonah at all. Um, was because Anthony Morocco pretty much promised him the job already. And one of the things Anthony told me was, "Hey man, if you get the job, I need like please hire Jonah." And I told him, "I was like, listen man, like I I I, I respect that, and I'm probably going to do this, but like I'm talking to famous. Like I already told him like expressed to him how you know I would love to have him as a coach and all that stuff, and that I'm right. and I'm getting this job. And you know what I mean? So right that was, and and that was already happening. So. Obviously, everything happens for a reason. I decided to honor. Obviously, Anthony did me a huge favor um, for even just putting me in front of the Mavs, too. And Joe, I had a conversation where I told myself I have one conversation with Jonah. If it's a positive one, we're good. That's what I told myself. Uh, Jonah's mm-hmm. a great dude. Obviously, a positive conversation. And told him, hey, man, you're good. You got the job. Right. Um, and that's how that happened. Moved them out. Um, we actually ended up having to live in a hotel together for a few days, for like a week or two. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> um but, um, but yeah. So, Jonah was the head coach at that time, and I remember Ronnie was like, "So, what are we gonna where are we gonna put the players?" He's like, "Mark has a couple mansions we could put them in." But at this point, I just come from living in two two gaming houses, and at this point, I was like, it "Doesn't work." Because, mind you, we didn't. We, I didn't. I didn't go into so much detail about like the fights and stuff that we had, but just like right. brothers, everyone has fights and arguments. Nothing ever got to fist, but the things ever get pushy and stuff. Yeah, man. There's always that. That stuff happens so much with players living in gaming houses. Stuff escalates all the time. So it was think, no uh, sunshines yeah, and rainbows yeah. in any of the gaming houses we were in. So, you know, I knew from the start that living in a gaming house because it's where you live, it's where you work, it's where it's literally where you are twenty four seven at that point. Mm-hmm. That just gets too much. So at this point, I, I was I was like, hey, man, like. I really think we should get an apartment. So I preached, I, I said from, the, I preached apartments, 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 apartments. Mm-hmm. So they bought in. And, you know, the man bought into almost everything I said, which I truly appreciate from them, just trusting in my guidance, which they did. Ronnie really believed in, and obviously Mark too. And, you know, one thing Mark appreciated was the way I did social media. And he used to, he used to uh, email me about that all the time too and tell me, you know, good job. And that's something Mark does a lot, man. People don't know this, but like he is so good to employees. Like, when I, like I was growing the Mavs page at a pretty high rate because we were one of the only 2K teams being so interactive and doing live videos. I was hosting uh um pickup games for locals to come play game, basketball games with me. I was going to different cities and doing that. You know what I mean? So, like, I was yeah. being super interactive, engaging with the people. And at this point, it was super hype because people wanted to be a part of the NBA 2K League, and I knew that. So, I was literally yeah. just, like, just reeling everyone in, like, to want to be a part of the Mavs because I was really doing all this stuff. Um, and that, and so we were growing a pretty pretty fast. So you know, social media was growing really heavy and doing good. We were the number one team during um, during draft day on, on on like engagement and stuff like that, and social media interactions and stuff. One I of the ones even now,
0: the- I, I think even now, like I was taking a look at the teams. I think the Mavs still like on Twitter, especially and like IG. I think. They're like one of the teams that have the higher followers. Yeah, and big part to
1: though. the to to Trey over there, who's no longer with them, but he was a big part of continuing that growth after yeah. I left. Um, so yeah, no, hundred percent, man. We we're really we we're really big on the growth, and Mark loved that. And he would even like I said, he would email me about it. So I can only imagine he was with other employees. Um, that are making him a lot of money too. You know what I mean. So um, he's very well in tune on staying in touch with his employees and speaking with them and making them feel like he, you know, he's a part of what they're doing and and all that. So he's really really awesome, awesome guy when it came to that. So, anyways, um, I pitched having apartments, and I pitched you know having a separate workspace. Um, I did, and so that turned into well, what do you mean? And I said, well. You know, it depends how big we want to go. It's like we could just get another apartment and set that up as the as the gaming, you know, office slash, you know, place. Or, you know, we get a small office space and put the guys there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so mind you, just about a year ago, some context, the Mavs moved out of their old offices into some new ones that they're in now. And the new ones, it's where the Mavs and then the other half is where Mark Cuban Companies is, where Shark Tank is. Where everyone, the Shark Tank people that run all that, the lawyers, the accountants. Uh, okay. and the account managers and stuff, and the VP of Mark Cuban companies. They have their offices over at the Mavs office just on the side. That's okay. where me and Jonah were put. I we didn't were know that. Interesting. Mark- yeah, we were part of the Mark Cuban company side. That's where nice. we were working at them. Obviously, it was one step ahead, and i with the Mavs and working with everyone there, but, yeah, right. that was really cool to work with the Shark Tank people, me being a huge fan of that. Oh, I'm getting uh, to learn about all that. That was huge. That was awesome. My wife and I love Shark Tank, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I got to, to see some people come in too that were on the show, and it was just really cool experience. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. Um, and we're building the brand from there. And so, anyways, they moved to this new office, and they still own the to the old office, which is in Deep Ellum, which people know Dallas. Deep Ellum is a very popping place with a whole bunch of restaurants and bar, and one of the main spots that people go on weekends in Dallas. And the Mavs had their office in the heart of it. It was a big, I'm talking about 20, 30,000 square foot. So they walked me in here and this place is huge. And there's cubicles. And the whole thing is a field of cubicles, man. The mm-hmm. whole thing. I was like, what is this mess? The floor is like cement. <laughs> and I was like, man, what is this? And he's like, hey, yeah, these are old offices. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we own this building. And he's like, what about you guys did something here? And I'm like, um, yeah, this is obviously big enough, and we could do something here. But I was like, what? What exactly were like? Would you entail? And he's like, well, what do you think you'd do on a sixty thousand dollar budget? You, this is a CFO talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, not much. <laughs> you know, right, like, right. And um, mind you, CFOs are money guys. This is how they are. They just think money, money, money. So you right. know, I don't blame how his mindset. So I was like, I'll try to create something. So I created something on a sixty thousand dollar. Had a little mini design made, how much the staging could cost, and all that. And I was like, and mind you, I'm preaching that we could go big here. Like, we create a crazy facility, but obviously, it's going to take investment. But I think it would be cool to be the first ones to really do something big. And mind you, I'm preaching this because I just came from Ultimate Studios, which was a crazy facility, and I was super motivated and like like su- has so many ideas pumping at this point after going there so like i was just preaching to ronnie all the time like, man we could really build something great here and really cool and be the first to do it because mind you at this point i don't even think the liquid alienware facility was built yet so you know if i'm not mistaken the mass gaming was one of the first you know gaming facilities built in the u.s to that nature and to that that size
0: Right. Um, I was going to actually say for context, for everybody listening, that's significant because there wasn't – and and in the 2K League, I don't know – I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I know Cavs, Legion have theirs. I know you guys have yours. But even now, I'm like, sorry. there's still some teams. I'm sorry. Um,
1: I lost you, man. I got a phone call. I'm so sorry.
0: Oh, no, no no worries. No worries. Well, I, I'll, so I'll repeat what I said. All I said was – I think that's important for context because – at the time that you guys were doing that, like, I don't even, I don't know off the top of my head currently, but like, I know Cavs Legion has theirs. You guys have yours, but there's even like teams still in the 2K league that don't have, you know, a gaming facility like that. So yeah.
1: Everyone follow important. I mean, obviously we, I create, it was, I was creating something for everyone to follow. You right. know, this was in 2017, you know, we are having these conversations in December at this point, because I got this approved by before January. Um, so you know we're talking we're talking December of 2017. So you know like I said I don't even think the liquid alienware facility was built at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah no besides ultimate you know there wasn't really many facilities of that nature going on besides Europe and China obviously which has always been more more advanced than us in a lot of ways. Right. So but um so yeah so I remember I pitched that and like two days later after the sixty thousand budget thing I remember Ronnie came to me and said hey. I need you to create something, but with no budget. And I was like, I
0: didn't
1: even ask, I didn't even ask him like why or what happened. I just remember I was like, okay. And I remember I looked at Jonah, I was like game on. And I went into like this crazy to what you see now, like what you see there is literally what just popped in my head. I was like, I want to create a private space for the guys where they're playing in the middle of a basketball court where it feels like they're literally on a court. What you see, if you've been to the math facility, we have the basketball court with the hoop, um, and then we have the offices on the side. And then my whole vision was is that th- we create the locker room, and then to get into the space, they come from the locker room where it feels like they're coming out of a tunnel. And that mm-hmm. was like my whole crazy vision. Now, I'll be honest, the locker room is kind of pointless there and it's probably useless, and it probably still is. But it was just, that was just my, my vision at the right. time when it Experience. And that's what we created, man. It was really cool. And I know to this day, everyone utilizes it. And then, obviously, in that room, we have the conference room and the office space and the glass and how it looks cool and really nice. And that was the private space. And then I wanted to do the stage where we could do the arena. And I wanted a custom built LED screen. Honestly, I wanted a jumbo. And we almost did that, but <laughs> the ceilings were just too low. So right. we did the custom-built LED screen, which is across the whole thing. We got the stage there. I wanted, I wanted, uh, I wanted streaming booths, like a uh, custom-created streaming booth where it was soundproof, which you see there that have the green screens and the, the facility and stuff like that. And then, well, I wanted to create content. So one of my things is I wanted a production studio, which, you know, um, we invested a good amount of money into all the production equipment in that studio. And this whole studio, has it's all painted green. So it has the, all the big green stuff to do all the production and content, has all the equipment, so it has the production room, and we had put the windows there so it, so people could spectate and watch people do content and be an experience and stuff like that as well. Um, and then and then yeah, that was that was just kind of my vision, all those things is what I just created and put on that paper um, and wrote that all down and how that would and, and just how I, I thought it would look like, and we sent that in, and I remember. We- It was like, okay, let's try to find someone that could do this and get a quote. Um, That was, like, the next step. And so I was like, okay, this this could be real. Um, I remember I reached out to the trade group. If people don't know who the trade group is, they do all the stuff for, like, DreamHack. If you ever go to E3, 80% of the booths there, like the Facebook gaming booth at the past E3, that was their booth. Um, Uh they create all the booths and do all that stuff. They do all the staging for dream hack and all that stuff as well. TTG, the trade group, um, great people love those guys. Um, we ended up, um, they ended up being local to Dallas. They had an office there and all that. So it was just super easy to get them out there, have a meeting, show the space. Um, and yeah, we ended up uh, getting a quote, getting, uh, after long, back and forth and a whole bunch of different stuff finally got the the man the myth the legend mark cuban to approve and invest x amount of dollars into it um and and we were it was game on man it was uh get the players into apartments um get the facility ready for the players to start playing in um so things kind of worked out for us because we had an international player and stuff like that that was backed up in visa so we had an empty apartment so we had players playing from that empty apartment together to kind of start it off. So mm-hmm. we didn't really have a like issue with like, oh, where are the players gonna be. So that ended up working out for us in that time being as we were getting the facility ready. And at this point we went through, you know, getting the people out there, destruction, you know, doing reconstruction. There was just so much done, knock down, get rid of the thing. Um and we had this one guy named Doug over at Mavs, he does everything, all the, the handiwork for them. He sat in that in that uh in that in that, in that Mavs gaming facility, and one by one took down every cubicle. So props to Doug for, wow. you know, sitting there for those the amount of days and taking apart all of those cubicles in that place because it was insane. Mind yeah. you, and the other side of this Mavs gaming facility is literally a gym where, like, it's like a full-court basketball thing that you could create into It's no longer a court. It's just storage now. It's literally this huge gym um, that could be made into a basketball. So there was always plans to expand and... Hopefully one day they do and create a whole experience with all that. They have so much space. But anyway, so, yeah, so we got that, started build out, man. Um, NBA 2K League was an experience, man. You got to understand, like, it's the NBA. You know, these guys don't know esports. They don't know gaming. So it was just a lot of, like, just picking, you know, it was just so much redundancy and, like, they didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were reluctant to do stuff they didn't really understand what needed to be done to be able to scale like season one was like a lot of people talking about it was okay right like numbers didn't really do that well and you know but you know it was a lot of learning for the NBA and stuff like that but you know I think there was a lot of great people pushing it with Grant over at the Wizards you know myself pushing on the social media side Cody over at the Pacers was doing an awesome job um, uh, over there as well because famous, I don't think started at Heat till uh, I think a few like right before the seasons, like we're going to New York. So, like, famous didn't even really get the grudge until like he started right when he got to the to the Heat, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. When I talked to him, I believe in our interview, he told me that when he got hired, I believe they had the draft like the following week. But I remember the, the great thing that he touched on is because he had done. So much analysis and that whole famous role before that. He was like, Yeah, I was prepped for it, thankfully. But he's like, You know, if I had been somebody else, oh, yeah, I, you know, it would have been a daunting task to have gotten everything ready in a week. But yeah,
1: no, that man was ready. And I remember Ben Spoon over at Misfits reached out to me and was like, Hey, what do you know about Derek? You know, thinking about hiring him. Um, so I remember, I remember that happened and I hit him up. I was like, Hey, man, they're really considering you. So, You you know, so he was really like, he was really like he. I think he knew he was gonna get that job too because he was so prepared at that point. I don't think anyone right. was gonna stop him after not getting the Kings job and no one else hitting him up. Like that man was destined to be where he is right now. No, yeah, I like Famous
0: a lot. He was he was a chill guy. I, yeah, well, like incredibly prepped. I had a fun time with talking with him. Yeah.
1: So you know the draft is coming. Um, we're preparing for the draft. You know the whole process is going on. So the process for the NBA 2K league was a little was a little was a little crazy because. It was, you know, you know what it is now. You got to do the combine, right? And then you choose the top 250, and then you do the interviews, and then you choose 150. Mm-hmm. And you know, you had so many people like, called it rigged. you know, everyone that was a fan was no longer a fan, you know, at that point. And that was a crazy experience to go through, um, okay. to see yeah. to see how you know everyone just like kind of just turned their back on on things because they didn't make it, right? Right. but um but yeah so we get the number one pick um in the lottery which was awesome right you know getting the number one pick you know everyone knows back then it was either dimes or fab uh, dimes being everyone knows who dimes is i'm sure you know who dimes is um if you don't um he was one of the best 2k players he was he won the 250 thousand dollar tournament oh and one of one of the only players on 2K that was really like doing the big stuff on stream, um, streaming and content and stuff like that on the okay. live stream. Obviously, there was big YouTubers already, but right. But um, yeah, he was one of the ones leading on that front. Um, and then there was Fab. Fab was a really good 2K player, always winning championships on the Pro Am and stuff like that as well. So those two were like the main guys who were going to be picked no matter what, which which what happened, right? We ended up going mm-hmm. with, um. With dimes, and they Boston ended up going with uh Fabs as they had the number two pick. So that happened. We get dimes, draft our team. We ended up getting Day Fry, who was a local to Texas. What was really cool about Day Fry, um, is I was able to call him and be like, Hey, man, I need you to come into the Mavs office because he was only 30 minutes away. I was like, We're about to pick you as a draft pick, oh, and okay. we want to welcome you and introduce you to everyone. So, um, uh, I remember, um, when before, right before he walked in, we had every single staff member, including even Marks, waiting there. And as soon as he walked in, just started cheering and clapping for him and all Man. that stuff. So that was, a, that was a cool experience. What
0: an experience,
1: yeah. And he was wow. a Dallas fan. He was a mass fan his whole life. So imagine. Oh, my God.
0: So he was, like, walking in probably on cloud nine.
1: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> For sure. So that was a cool experience to capture, and then get a, like we got interviews with him right instantly. So that was really cool to be able to do.
0: Is that the video you put up? I think it was a couple of weeks ago. You had put a video up of like I think it was Mark making a phone call. Was yeah. That-
1: so I took that video. That video went viral. ESPN, Sports Center, uh, any any type of sports channel. That video went up there. It so was, that's but him. That- but that's the guy. No. But that's, oh, no. No, that, okay. that's Mark calling Dimes to let Dimes know that we're oh, choosing him okay. as number one. Got you. Got which, you. whoa, ended up uh, being the guy to, to, to break the news that we were taking Dimes as number one, which was hilarious um, <laughs> to see. Um, but, yeah, no, that was huge. That was huge, man. Mark called Dimes. And what's funny about that is Dimes didn't pick up. I remember Mark was like, yo, what's Dimes' number? He gave him his number. He calls him. And he's like, hey, he didn't pick up. Um, uh, so I text down and I remember I, and all caps, I go, yo, Mark Cuban is calling you pick up your phone. <laughs> uh, anybody, he's going through a lot. He's in New York and that stuff. Right. Um, but, but yeah, so he finally picks up and that's when that, you see that phone call happens. That's Mark congratulating him saying, Hey, this is, this is my person, which Mark called him from his personal numbers. Like, hey, this is my personal number. Make sure you save it, lock it in, contact me if you need anything. That's just how he is with everybody too, man. Awesome guy. Like I said, um, yeah, but um, so yeah, he called that, and then yeah, we went picks, picked everybody, uh finally got everyone to the thing, uh, to start competing in the apartments and stuff like that, and then finally the facility was in a point where got, we could start playing in. Um, and at this point, we just got spon- the whole league just got sponsored by Alienware, <laughs> um, so we ended up getting all the rigs and all that stuff as well. So that was really cool to, f- to get the facility outfitted. So we moved the guys in. Construction is still going on, so there's obviously you know, noise and stuff like that. So it was like, it was good. It was positive and negative and stuff in, in that process and how that worked. Um, but at this point we're flying every week to New York every Friday, um, which was mm-hmm. a strain on the players. Um, thankfully I didn't have to do that. Uh, Jonah was every Friday. Um, but I know it was a strain on everybody having to go, um, you know, only going to New York for 24 hours. I felt bad for the West coast teams. that had to do that. Um, yeah, tougher, tougher trip. You no, know, it was super tough, man. Super tough experience. But, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was awesome, man. Um, we got to do a lot of stuff. We got, one thing I got to do is I got to do a lot of booth at Mavs Games. So we'd host Mavs Gaming Booth and have setups there for kids to come play. And, obviously, mm-hmm. we always had kids come play Fortnite, play some NBA 2K. I would play with fans. We would give out swag. Um, it was an awesome experience to be able to promote the brand on that level and interact with Mavs fans and stuff like that. We always, got to, we always had tickets and suites to every game. I had a pass to get into the stadium whenever I needed to. So that was a great experience, man, That's being crazy. able to sit there and like just – it's my dream, you know, being a basketball – just not a fan, but I played basketball my whole life. Um, right. So it was just awesome to be able to walk into a basketball arena, a professional one, whenever I wanted to, and right. be able just to just be there and soak it in. And I remember the NCAA tournament came around, um, and it was hosted at the stadium. Um, I couldn't use my badge for this one. This one I had to buy a ticket. But the tickets were only fifteen. <laughs> but I got to see the University of Miami play. Oh um, man, the U. Yes, got to see the U play. Um, and that was an awesome experience for more. U was this? This was 2018. 2018, dang. Remember man. that game winner shot? What? Yeah, that was just that was yeah, 2018 was the game that we ended up I forgot the team name, but we ended up losing because they hit the game winner. Against,
0: oh! Oh no! That was oh my god! You just gave me deja vu. Yeah, no, that game was against. Um, it was the Cinderella team that went on.
1: Yes, they beat yes, us, Chicago, they, Chicago, whatever. Yeah, uh, they were uh, a religious school. Yes, dude, um, I'm so mad that you reminded uh, me of that because there were so many fans around me that hated me because I was I was just so hyped because we were winning, we're doing so good, and I remember that happened, and the people around me were just like. Ah,
0: it was a dagger. Oh
1: my God. That was, was the most disgusting shot I ever seen, bro. It, it was, uh,
0: we were, we were,
1: I, I, the same thing happened to me. We were, it starts with LaLayla or something like that. Chicago La LaLoyla. LaLoyla. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Something like that. Yes. Something like that. They're out of Chicago, though. I know for sure.
0: Yeah, it's Chicago Loyola. I believe that's the name of the Yes, Chicago
1: Loyola. They went on a sick run after beating us, too. Yeah, they kept going. They did. And that's the only thing that
0: made me feel better
1: about it. But other than that, we were. That shot was ridiculous. We were, because we just hit a shot to win the game. If I'm not mistaken. We had we, so, we
0: had just hit a clutch. I think it was a jumper, and there was only, like, three seconds left.
1: No, no. And I was so jumping mad. up
0: and down, like, oh, my God, we won. And then the dude hit it from a – it wasn't mid-court, but I think it was oh, right in front of mid Oh,
1: man, I was so angry, dude. So, anyways, that happened, and that was a terrible experience. So, yeah, so I was at the as <laughs> we're building this facility, you know, growth-wise, we're doing awesome. Social medias are growing. We're being interactive. We're doing streams. Players are, you know, doing their thing. Yeah. And the facility finally gets built. It's ready to go. Everything looks great. Um, And I remember I went to E3, and I got introduced to this guy at the Fusion, this marketing guy. Um, His name was Hung. um, And got introduced to him. And then I remember, like, a week after that, Chris from Ultimate Studios was like, hey, man, you know, Comcast Universal is looking for a head of partnerships. Um this job would be based out of Los Angeles. Now mind you, if people don't have any context, Los Angeles is one of the main hubs for esports. Right. Uh, not just for and, and not just for esports, but just in general for anybody to build their network grow and meet industry people on in a lot at a at a very high level. Yeah, so it's so, entertainment, I feel like. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that was so I was like, hmm and he's like, Would you be interested in having a conversation? And I was like, mind you, I'm the I'm 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 the I'm running the Mavs, you know, I have the dream job. So you know, it wasn't really in the back of my head, but you know, so you know, at the same time, I was like, I'll have the conversation, right? Right. So I have the conversation with um Joe Marsh, who's the CBO over there, and um Comcast reaches out and was like, you know, had a good conversation with me. They love what I did at the Mavs and my experience and the partnerships that we've created and in, in the past. And he's like, Hey, man, we're really considering you for the job. Would you? would you really be interested? You know, I want to put you on a call with Tucker Roberts, who's the son of Brian Roberts, who's the CEO of the, of the brand of Mm -hmm. the fusion. And mind you, at this point, uh, the fusion are on a sick run to make the They're about, they're in playoffs. They're about to make the finals for the Overwatch league in Brooklyn at the Barclays center. Um, so they're, on, they're there's a lot of hype with the team right now, and they also have the best uh uh, uh fusion university team in the in the in the other league as well, so you know these right. guys are doing great things, so conversations get serious, and they make me an offer um and so I was like, oh man, so i remember I, I went to the Mavs office that day um and I, and I, and I remember I told Ronnie I need to talk to him and I payment him hey, I was like this crazy opportunity just kind of just kind of fell in my lap and obviously you no, know, I appreciate everything you done for me and and all that. But I just want to let you know that, you know, this, this is, this is real and they just made me, and this was a a big, a decent sized offer. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know, it's something I really have to consider. And he's like, he gave it to me, told me, and mind you, I think at this point, Ronnie was like, okay, you know, this is awesome. This is a good opportunity for you. you know, so he wasn't really reluctant. But then I remember, so I remember I sent a text to Mark and, and I sent him a paragraph and like, you know, kind of like explaining where my head's at and reasoning why I'm thinking this. And I remember he's like, can I call you? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, Hey man, I don't want you. I know he didn't. His response was like, Hey, I don't want you to leave. I'm going to call you in a second. That was his response. Mm-hmm. And so he calls me, he's like, and we have this conversation. He's like, Hey, I don't want you to leave. You know, just tell me how much. And you know, we'll get it done. I'll put you on a call with Sint. Sint was the CEO at this entire so he gets me on the call and sit, and she's like, How much do you want? And, and just like that, man. And I'm, wow. you know, and so I, I gave them a number. They they said, Okay, so I take this to Comcast. And Joe was like, Oh, man, like, what? Well, how did we get here? Mind you, Joe's trying to hire, like, has a lot of pressure from the higher ups in Comcast to get this position filled. And he thought he had me because I gave right. him pretty much a verbal, like, Yeah, bro, we're good. And I was like, Dude, what am I supposed to do? Like, they literally just countered your offer and gave me this. So sorry, I did not expect this. You know what I mean? I didn't, right. you know? And so I remember like two minutes later, he's like, hey, Tucker wants to talk to you. So Tucker gets on the call and he's like, hey, we'll match the offer. And I'm like, oh man. So, mind you, this is the match offer. And then I moved to Los Angeles at our new office on Venice Beach, right? We just okay. bought the Snapchat office to move into to put the guys in. And this is literally on the water, insane. So, a lot of stuff comes into the decision me at this point right one mm-hmm. of the big reasons is it's los angeles i'm able to grow my network i'm able to grow on the partnership spot sponsorship side the relationships and brands i'm able to work with i'm able to do a lot more meetings you know obviously i'm a part of comcast universal nbc at this point so you know g- right. gathering these meetings are going to be a lot easier to do especially out in los angeles you know just a lot of things paid into that and you know at this point too, I knew the NBA I mean compared to the Overwatch League, NBA two K League, there's no comparison at that point. They're just two different animals. Right, right. Um so and like I said, you know, fusion were about to please and all that. So long story short, you know, Comcast didn't give me a lot of lot of room. They were like, Hey, you have, you know, X amount of time to kinda of give us a decision, like we need to know. Right. So I had a lot of pressure um on that front to do that after them matching the offer. Um and so I remember I hit a mark and, oh man, it was so hard. And this is where I was talking about earlier, where, you know, you start, you start, I don't look at things in regret, but you look at things in perspective mm-hmm. um, and perspective wise, you know, I had someone that was super loyal to me and that believed in me enough to do everything that he did. Let me build a facility. Let me lead the brand. Um, and regardless of my reasonings, I prob—I don't, like I said, I never live regret, but I probably should have went with that more than going with, you know, just trying to up my network and all that stuff, because loyalty is, is going to be worth a lot more than, you know, growth at the end of the day when Mm -hmm. it comes to, from that side. So, you know, one thing the Mavs were loyal and uh, and that's something that you always look back on and NBA teams that they're loyal and they will work and they will, they will grind for their teams. And I can't speak for every organization, but that's how the Mavs worked. So you know, I had the dream job. I had the decided to go with Comcast and, and chase something. I ended up not working out ultimately, too, man. You know about you know a lot, it, the going to the Comcast. You know not to go too long because we're pretty much you know a, on a long call, podcast here too. <laughs> we are, but but I'll, I'll, get, I'll, it, I'll get it. I'll get it done at this point, though. Uh, I won't go too much into detail, detail on the Comcast side, besides the fact that moved out there was promised a lot of things that just ended up not happening and just didn't work out um, on both sides. And so I ended up – so we ended up parting ways, and that's when I sat down and really looked in the mirror and was like, you know, what do you want, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And by the way, before I left the Mavs, you know, um, I had to finish out the two weeks. I had to rehire – I had to hire somebody uh, for them, which, you know – they asked me, you know, what do I think? And I was like, we don't even need an interview buddy. anybody. I was like, I know the perfect person, which was Trey Christensen, who uh, was the GM over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I knew he was the perfect person for the job, and that's who they hired too. So I did fill the position for them and finish my two weeks before I left the Comcast too. So I didn't just abruptly leave or leave in any bad terms with anybody. That's Everyone right. was super supportive of my decision. The Mavs were super supportive of the decision. Um, you know, Mark respected what I did at the end of the day. Um but but yeah, no, they were super supportive too. So I just wanted to make put that out there as well. But um mm-hmm. but yeah. So um but yeah, so I so I took a hard look in the mirror, man, and was just it was like, what do I wanna do? And I remember my LinkedIn always had people reach out to me about I need to help with this or can I do this or can I set a meeting with this person or can I intro them to this person. So hmm Oh so I remember I sat down with my the owners of Enigma Six. And, and kind of explained to them all that, and they were like, oh, we need help too over at E6 at this point. This is when the Call of Duty League was starting to ramp up. Okay. Um, and the stuff in Ohio was happening. So they were like, hey, why don't you come on board and start helping us again? We'll be one of your first clients, and you start doing the consulting thing, and, you know, well, I'll help you go that out as well. Um, so ended up doing that stuff. Um, I ended up working, going back to Enigma 6. I was traveling to Ohio to the MLG Arena every couple every couple of weeks as we competed at the studios at MLG at the time. Um this is when we're in the pro league at this point. We had Frosty, um which is a Halo professional nice. and legend. Uh Jordan yeah. General uh Sender as the coach. Um Kismet um who also plays for the Paris now as well. And Frosty plays for Florida Mutant. Um Yeah. And then who the am forgetting the was it Cade not sure if it was Cade I think it was Cade could be Cade but anyways yeah so we had we had the professional call of duty team I was doing that um helping the brand grow again and kind of managing the team um flying out with them day-to-day operation stuff also growing my 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 side business where we were I ended up landing a big contract with something called the NEB show one of the biggest technology conferences on Vegas Okay. Um, where I was a, where I was hosting and created the eSports experience section, which was like a 10,000, 15,000 square foot uh, space at the conference where it's specifically around eSports. So I organized all the tournaments and all that stuff where it flew out professional players and hosted Fortnite, Apex, and um, Super Smash tournaments in the three-day eSports experience. We had sponsors like GameStop, uh, Sony, Panasonic, and, and Toshi and stuff like that that were a part of it through the NAB show as well. Um, GameStop, I was able to work through my guy, John Davidson, at the time, who was the head of partnerships over there. So shout-outs to him for making that happen. But, um, but, yeah, we did the NAB show. That was a huge contract for me on the consulting side. Um, and then just started, you know, networking and, and doing more uh, social media marketing outside of gaming as well. You know, uh, one of my mm-hmm. buddies started a CBD company. He help with being that. He started a store. For- um so you know a lot of stuff like that so just started expanding man and working different brands in the space i know at one point i was working with our heart radio trying to add some esports stuff to concerts um and there's this and like i said there's a lot more but i think pretty a lot a lot into this call so (laughs) but yeah but yeah no and then we did that and then the mn then um recently um got with a company called visual sound who was looking to add an esport out with their clientele and K through 12 in the universities. One of their clients is the university of Pennsylvania. So we're looking to start at integrating esports and gaming into these schools and, um uh, into their technology as they advance into this, um into this e space as they grow and start doing collegiate sports and adding these varsity programs. So that's one of the initiatives we're doing now.
0: No, I so, mean, sorry, go ahead and finish.
1: No, that's it. That's it. You're good.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. No, I mean it's it's crazy. I, I don't know, I, I know we went long, but I'm I'm honestly fine with it. It was it, it was crazy. You know, I had I know we've been following each other for a little while now. Um actually meant to thank you. Actually, side note before I continue and forget, because you gave me and for anyone listening, just funny story to share. Like so I was when we went down to Miami for Super Bowl weekend this last year, I was looking for someone to have on the show live. And I remember you mentioned that you weren't there, but you basically like gave me a free vouch. Like You retweeted me, followed me. Long story short, I think that's kind of how Famous came on. And then I know you and I have kind of, you know, exchanged on on public and, and talked on the side. So first off, thank you for like, I know we kind of connected randomly the last couple of months, but thanks for, you know, like reaching out and, and connecting me and coming on here and sharing this journey that um, I feel like we could do like multiple segments to this because it seems like you had so many other things too. Oh, things so, so many, man. So many
1: there's parts of the story that I completely missed, but yeah, there's just a lot, yeah. man. Like I said, this is an interesting industry that happens in it for sure. But no, Definitely. man, and I and I appreciate you, man, and I love meeting genuine people, especially people from Florida, man. Florida boys stick together, um, absolutely. So, so no, and, and I'm glad you're able to connect with famous and other people and stuff like that. And you know, I'm always in you know something you learn about me is that's how I've always been is just trying to help others. In the industry great we can't grow without others helping us continue to grow. That's something you learned very early on in the industry.
0: Right. No, absolutely. And I think that's, I've, I've heard that from other people and I think that's something that I've grown to love. I mean, I'm coming up on a quote unquote a year in this thing. And and I think that's one of the things that I've grown to love is that a lot of people want to be that helping hand kind of reach out and, and that whole sort of thing. So I love that about it. But, um, no, amazing story. I, I think everybody listening probably had a great time hearing your journey and hearing all the things you've been a part of it. And it's it's going to be exciting because, I mean, this is just obviously the start for you. You're still incredibly young. So I'm sure you've got a lot more stories ahead of you and, and a lot more experiences ahead of you. Um, So that will be cool to watch play out and, and all that. So
1: No, I appreciate it, man. And, I, and same with you, man. I, I, I look forward to seeing this podcast grow and you to continue to have, you know, great guests on board and and keep growing and doing what you're passionate about, man, because that's all that really matters at the end of the day. So thank right. you so much for taking the time and having me on as well. And um, we'll definitely stay connected. So
0: no, absolutely. Let's let's definitely stay, stay in touch. Um, Before we wrap it up, where can, what's the best place for people to connect with you on social media? Where can they find you?
1: Yeah. Uh, social media, Twitter and Instagram, I guess are the easiest way to my name and last name. Roger R O G E R Canada C A N E D A um I'm pretty active on Twitter so if you ever hit me up or follow me on there um I usually follow back or respond back I'm always interacting on those platforms um so yeah either one works for me same thing on LinkedIn for the professionals um look me up Roger Canada always willing to connect with other professionals on LinkedIn and having conversations and if you're just looking for advice or um uh, looking for just to know how to break into the industry or um, or just learning more about a field that you may always reach out. I'm always willing to have a conversation. So thank you guys so much for listening as well and keep supporting my man over here.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah, thank you to everybody that tuned into the episode. If if you guys were a new listener to the show, I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you guys are returning subscriber or listener, I, I seriously appreciate everybody's support Um, tuning in, sharing the podcast. I hope that you guys are enjoying it. Um, and with that being said, we'll catch you next week for another episode of the Lodges podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and leave us a five star rating. If you've enjoyed this, you can find out more about Lodges by searching on Instagram at Lodges underscore financial on Twitter at Lodges on e at Lodges and on LinkedIn by searching for my name, Juan Rodriguez, J-U-A-N. Following on socials is the best way to be kept up to date with podcast updates and information. Thanks, and you were just listening to The Lodges Podcast.